This is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Wonderful. Welcome to Wonderful. This is Wonderful. This is a show where we talk about things we like. Things that are good. Things that we're into. It feels like we're recording a promo for Wonderful, (laughs) which we are, I would say, famously bad at. Yeah. No, but I mean, bad in a way that is, I think, still enjoyable to people. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, we haven't gotten any complaints. It's, I mean, I will say that last promo, I wrote an original poem. That so one was it good. it does seem like now you're saying that the poem was bad. No, the poem is good. In the past, though, when we've had to be like, what's our show about? Hot dogs, hockey. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't video know. Video game. You, are, you have been in the game longer than I have. Do you feel slightly insecure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> what was, I, I didn't know if there was more to it. Just about the lack of format for our show in an era of infinite podcasts. Of hugely formatted podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, we don't have enough cliffhangers, maybe, is what I'm concerned about. Oh. Like, we don't really do enough to keep them coming back week to week. Well, well for example. Please. You suggested that you would eat cream of wheat and then talk about it. And I don't know that you ever talked about it. Okay. Well, maybe we can t- fulfill <laughs> you close that, that promise. Yeah. <laughs> I ate cream of wheat, and I had the most spectacular <laughs> diarrhea that I've had in my maybe adult life. And I couldn't – I was sick before that. And so I was like, maybe it's just that. Yeah. Maybe yeah, I we should, should eat say. cream of wheat again. And, see, and then I ate it. I did eat it a second okay. time, and it did make my stomach feel pretty pretty bad. Really? So it could potentially be – and maybe we – maybe we. it's time that we go back through the history of our show and see which things we've talked about in the past before – make me violently, <laughs> violently ill. I will say the first time you had it. Yeah. I believe Henry was sick. And then we kind of were like, oh, what a baby. And then you and I both got it for a long time. And yeah. we're like, oh, this is terrible. No wonder he was so miserable. Yeah. So that was our first return to cream of wheat. Yeah. So the second time, though, I, 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 don't, I didn't realize. It was enough to make me wonder if I am gluten intolerant because i cannot imagine a worse thing for you to have than cream of wheat man i am glad that you are off twitter because i feel like you would get so many messages after this episode Uh, here are the variety of tests and products that you uh, can invest in as somebody who is like i don't need need any more tests i had cream of wheat (laughs) twice and it made me sick both times so (laughs) you heard it here first anyway this is a wonderful show that's good and do you have a small wonder, Rachel, light of my life? Oh, wow. Maybe it should be that you just called me that. No. No? <laughs> okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, who? Hmm. Huh. I guess I will say uh, seasonal... Specifically, disorder. Oh, no, no, I hate that. Yeah, that's that's thumbs down. Boo. That's on my other podcast. Thumbs terrible. Up. Wonderful. But, yeah. Now, um, like a like a seasonal coffee creamer. You're currently drinking a Trader Joe's cold brew gingerbread oat latte. Yeah, and then today when I went to the store, I found a almond milk peppermint mocha creamer. That's exciting. Uh, so I bought that. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so it's in our fridge right now. Surprise. 
think wait griffin just ran out of the room what yeah um but i i get excited about that i think you know what it always makes me think of is when we go to your brother justin's house that's yeah he always has the most exciting experimental coffee it's creamers. very very sweet the the McElroy's uh take hosting very seriously yeah. and whenever we visit justin and sydney and the girls uh they have prepared by purchasing a lot of snack items yeah. and often and i don't know if they always do this but there is a seasonal creamer in their fridge always always and i just i just find it very charming um one time i went and stayed with justin and sydney a long time ago and they had pretzel flips yeah which were pretzels and crack they were crackers on one side pretzels on the other i don't know how the physics of this thing works <laughs> all i do know is that i ate them and commented on how i liked them and then for the next every other christmas <laughs> that i came in town they were like don't worry we got those flips for That's you so sweet it's very sweet i'm gonna say bathrobes Oh, bathrobes. Good. Rachel got me a bathrobe for our, our anniversary. Yeah, which we haven't mentioned, I don't think, or did we? No, we just had number number nine. Number nine. Feeling fine and still married. And we went to a, a hotel and we had a sp- little spa experience. We had a little dinner experience and we had a hotel experience and we had a bathrobe experience. And you also got me a bathrobe for anniversary so that I can have my own bathrobe experience whenever I want to. I don't know the brand, but it's almost like a bathrobe hoodie and it's very good. It has elastic wrist cuffs on it, yeah. which I didn't realize I needed on my bathrobe. You wouldn't think, right? But it makes it so that I can wear the bathrobe and do anything else without getting <laughs> sticky sticky wrists. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Bathrobes yeah. are great. I wish I was wearing mine right now. But it's downstairs. So, alas. You have first this week. I do. I can't wait to hear what you've got for me. You know, I must be like in a, in a real holiday spirit. Oh, jeez. Because uh not only was my wonderful topic seasonal, but um or my Small, small wonder, wonder yeah. but my topic is also seasonal, and that is uh, I'm gonna get kind of specific and say the performances in the 1946 classic "It's a Wonderful Life." Yeah, man. We were just talking about this the other day because <laughs> Henry, for some reason, we found ourselves explaining the plot of the film to Henry. Well, we were talking about Christmas movies. I was asking him what his favorites oh, were. Oh, yeah. And he like couldn't think of any, which was wild. Uh, so and then we, were, we like, reminded him, him, like, you know, yeah. Elf, all, all of these classics. And then I was like, oh, and then there's It's a Wonderful Life, which would bore you to tears. Yeah. And he was like, what's it about? And I said, a man doesn't have enough money at Christmas time. <laughs> That's literally, and I was, I was awestruck by the, 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 uh, efficacy of that <laughs> explanation. It was so brilliantly condensed. Well, and I didn't want to get into the more challenging aspects of it. Yeah. Because it is a, a kind of a dark film. Sure. It's about a man who ne- doesn't get anything that he wants his entire life. And then his uncle fucking blows it. Well, yeah. And then he is debating whether or not to go on living. Yeah. And in that process, the movie kind of unfolds and he gets to see what his life 
uh, or Andor. Wow, yeah, there's really no way to describe the film in a way that doesn't make it sound like the ultimate downer. Yeah, and I will say when I was researching this, uh, Frank Capra, who is the director on this, uh, was approached Jimmy Stewart and was like trying to sell the movie to him. And he was like, so a... Angel named Clarence comes and shows me what life would be like without me. And That's <laughs> really sad. only the last. I, I, I always feel like I can't um, properly partition out the sections of that film accurately because I feel like the thing everybody talks about in It's a Wonderful Life where he gets this glimpse of what everybody else's life, what yeah, the world would be only like, like the last, It's like the last yeah. quarter of the film, maybe? Every time we watch it, I remember like, oh yeah, there's this whole beginning part that is pretty slow. <laughs> it's, yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair synopsis of it. Um, yeah, I love it so much. And it's I, and one I, of the greatest I wanted ever. to call out the performances specifically because of what I just mentioned, which is the plot of the film it could have turned out very poorly. Um, there are parts of it that are not great for, let's say, the representation of women and, uh, you know, people of color. Like, there's a lot about the movie that is very dated. Sure. And not particularly great on paper. Right. But uh, Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed, like... Donna Reed is so good in this film. This was like her first starring role. It's it's I can't think of too many films w- that are romantic in the way that this film is romantic in which the female lead does most of the pursuing, right? Yeah, it's true. Like her character has this huge crush on Jimmy Stewart's character. Yeah. And especially in the time period, like that was Un- unheard of and the way that she plays it is so like so charming yeah and plucky is the word plucky. that comes to mind yeah <laughs> yeah she had been in like 20 other things by this point but she had never been the star and this yeah. like blew her up was this before uh mr smith goes to washington or after no it was after wow. so you know what's interesting is that Frank Capra also directed that one, which is right, yeah. why he thought of Jimmy Stewart. But it was, I, the thing I didn't really realize was the timing, uh, which I didn't really think about. The movie came out in 1946. Jimmy Stewart had just returned um, from fighting in the Second World War in 1945. So prior to the war, he had appeared in 28 movies and was nominated for an Oscar for Mr. Smith Goes to Washington uh, and won one for best actor in the Philadelphia story, but came home from war and found out that uh, his contract with MGM had run out and his agent was no longer in the business. So he was kind of like, I mean, more desperate, I think, than he would typically be. Yeah. So when Frank Capra approached and was like, hey, I've got this weird movie. Uh, that's based on this story that nobody has heard before, and it's kind of a gamble. Is it based on a book? Is it no? So that's the other thing that's interesting. So it is based on a twenty-one page Christmas card. Uh, uh, t- sorry, <laughs> there there is this author Philip Van Doren Stern, who had a short story, couldn't get it published anywhere, so instead he put it together in the form of a Christmas card and mailed it out to all of his friends. And this producer, David Hempstead, came across it and bought the movie rights for $10,000. That's bananas. Yeah. 
That I don't know which part of that what you just said is the most bananas, banana bananas. <laughs> but I'm gonna say it's the person who's like, I got a great idea for this short story, but no one's buying it, so I'm gonna make a 21 page Christmas card and send it out to all my friends. Uh huh. The hubris of that. Yeah. If it wasn't one of the greatest stories ever told, that would be a real douche move, I would say. And that's the thing I keep thinking about, though, is that like if I were, and maybe it is because it has become so standard, you know? Um, but when I think of the plot, I think like that doesn't sound like a particularly great movie. No. Like what really works about it is is just like how great everybody is in their role. Yeah. And just like how beautifully it's like, filmed and put together so so that was the other thing i wanted to talk about uh it did not do well uh, when it came out in theaters uh in fact frank capra ended up five hundred and twenty five thousand dollars in the hole because of that film and that's back in 1940s it was shot with a budget of 3.7 million which is a lot in 1940s. I can't even money. imagine. Part of it was that they created Bedford Falls. Uh, it was four acres of RKO's and Sino Ranch, and it had 75 stores and buildings, 20 full-grown oak trees, factories, residential areas, and a 300-yard long Main Street. That's that he runs down at the yeah, end. Yeah, so they created that whole town basically That's from scratch. That's wild. Why? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You guys I don't had know. T- you guys know you had towns, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> Oh no. This is a big is a big world, big country. You probably could have found a town that looked sort of like Bedford Falls. Uh but yeah, so not only did it not do well at the box office, but the critics were very like um harsh on it. The New York Times critic said uh, quote, the weakness of this picture is the sentimentality of it, uh, describing George Bailey as a, quote, figment of simple Pollyanna platitudes. That's so that bad. brutal? That's, it's not just brutal. It's deeply wrong. Like, I know. It, it's, it's a complicated it's movie. It's an extremely complex character yeah. that is played with a sort of sadness that I yeah. genuinely can't think of too many other like roles, leading roles that that have that. What an insane thing to say about this yeah, film. Yeah, no, and, and like think about part of what I find so charming about it is that when he's kind of, when George Bailey's kind of losing it a little bit and he's kind of stomping around the house, he's like talking to his wife and he's like, why do we have to have so many kids, Mary? He's all like yeah, yelling at his Pollyanna's children. innocence. <laughs> And like, like stomping through this house that is falling apart and he's like complaining. I mean, there's like a lot of darkness to this man at yeah. a certain point in the film. Yeah. So the reception wasn't particularly great. And part of what made it such an icon in kind of the holiday tradition is that in 1974, the copyright lapsed. So it was royalty free. And everybody started putting it on television. Interesting. Yeah, it was just like, oh, okay. Well, let's like let's put this on TV and run it constantly because it doesn't cost us anything, and it's technically a holiday film. Uh, and that lasted for twenty years, and then in nineteen ninety four, somehow it was like, okay, hold on, we got we got this back. There's money in here. <laughs> you yeah, can't, for, for sure. can't play this all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean the other the other thing I will. I, I thought was interesting about it is um, prior to this film, the artificial snow that was popular at the time was painted cornflakes. 
Jetted that wireless. doesn't even have the ballistic properties of snow. I know. Well, and apparently the audio was not great. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> so part of what Frank Capra did for the film was that he took uh, fomite, which is what's in fire extinguishers. Oh, great. And mixed it with sugar and water to create a less noisy Cool. Breathe, breathe deep. <laughs> breathe deep, everybody. It was also filmed like in a very, very hot time of year. And yeah. so a lot of times you'll see like george bailey roll up like covered in sweat and that is largely because it was filmed like basically in the summertime yeah and jimmy stewart just walks in is like i think i'm high as hell like (laughs) yeah man it's the snow huff it huff it jimmy i said i love your jimmy stewart i don't even know if it's good anymore i'm just not i'm just so into it thanks um yeah so uh it's just i don't know it's so beautiful there's this scene that I, I was reading about where Jimmy Stewart is in the bar. And as I recall, it is, I don't know if it's which time he's in the bar, whether it's like the time before Clarence rolls up or after. Anyway, he is talking about um, how he's like at the end of his rope. Uh, and he's saying like, you know, he, I'm not a praying man, but if you're up there and you can hear me, show me the way. That's before Clarence. That's before Clarence. Yeah. Yeah, And then like Jimmy Stewart in that moment, like breaks down in tears. And apparently that was like not in the script. He was just like, he was experiencing this like kind of real trauma, like having come back from war for years and like having to kind of build his life again. Uh, and he just really kind of tapped into like the loneliness of George Bailey and, uh, Created a really beautiful scene. How old were you when you first saw this movie? I mean, pretty young. My uh, parents took my film education very seriously. So I watched a lot of black and white films as a young person. And this is one of them. Uh, And so I was probably, I don't know, seven or eight, maybe. Okay. My dad also took my film education very seriously, but but in a different way. <laughs> a different way, yeah. You know, through a different. We both grew up on the Marx Brothers, but I also got a little bit of uh, Jimmy Stewart, right. Catherine Hepburn, like Cary Grant. Yeah, education. I was, I was in college when I first saw it. And I feel like that's. I don't know that I could have. Yeah. Hung in there if I was any younger than that. But yeah. man, what a good flick! So like funny, you know, like and and timeless in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I just and so sweet. It makes me cry. A few, t- a few times every time I watch it, pretty reliably. I can't think of another film that – sometimes I'll watch a movie that has made me cry in the past, and I'll be getting close to the end of it and be like, oh, man, I haven't cried. Have my emotions somehow dulled uh, by the, <laughs> the the ravages of our modern world? Yeah. Uh, not – not this one. This one no. will just be like in the middle of some, it'll be the scene where he's like giving away all of their honeymoon money so that he can keep up the old uh. building and loan running. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I didn't do this last time. <laughs> that was me crying, not my Jimmy Stewart impression. Yeah. I know it was probably confusing. Yeah. I mean, are there moments in the film when I think, wow, you either choose a Violet or you choose a Mary? they're quite literally like distill women into like either like the object of men's affection and using that inappropriately or you know like there's just a lot in it that's like not great yeah sure but uh jimmy stewart donna reed can't 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 put their whole hearts into it it's beautiful when they smooch oh (laughs) can i steal you away yes (laughs) 
Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, There's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain I'm Jordan Cruciola, the host of Feeling Seen, where we talk about the movie characters that make us feel seen. And I'm the show's producer, Marissa. Jordan, you've interviewed so many directors, actors, writers, film critics, and I like to play this little game where I take a sip of coffee every time someone says, that's such a great question. That's such a fabulous question. Or they tell you how smart you are. I think that you are rather brilliant. And of course, the big one is... When, when they, they cry, cry unexpectedly. unexpectedly, yes, yes. Jordan, I don't want to cry on your podcast. I wasn't expecting to <laughs> cry. I mean, it makes me kind of want to cry. <sighs> Feeling Seen comes out every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Listen already. What are you waiting for? Jordan, that's such a great question. <laughs> Hal Lublin here with breaking news on a revolutionary form of entertainment, professional wrestling. For more, we go to our correspondent, Danielle Radford. Professional wrestling is the craze that's sweeping the nation, featuring fisticuffs and colorful costumes. But who can help us make sense of this world of body slams? Lindsay Kelk has the answer. Sources tell us of an amazing podcast called Tights and Fights, filled with discussions of the absurdity of professional wrestling, plus all the sincerity and hilarity that you could shake a stick at. 
Listen to the Tights and Fights podcast every week. Find it on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. And your old-timey radio. This one's an episode for the, for the stars. We're rolling out the red carpet for this one. I'm also talking about a film. Okay. And I'm not interested in getting into the Christmas movie debate on this one, on this flick. I'm going to talk about Die Hard. Wow. This movie kicks ass. This movie kicks ass. The last movie we talked about doesn't kick ass. Sweet, <laughs> beautiful, cry tears, emotions, feelings, Christmas time. This movie, not, I mean, some of that, maybe a little bit, but most of the time, Bruce Willis kicking ass. Great performances. Great performance. Excellent performances, I would say. Reggie Vell Johnson? In, in, in a, uh, a filmic turn that is, uh, I can't imagine anybody else in the role. Yes. Bruce, Al, Bruce Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman becoming a celebrity pretty much overnight with this flick. Yeah. And everybody being like, oh, we need a villain for our film. Let's get, let's get Ricky. <laughs> uh, and Bruce Willis, who was not an action star when this film came out. When That's this film so came. Hard to imagine. I know. When this film came out, he was known for Moonlighters. Yeah. Which moonlighting. Was moonlighting, not Moonlighters. Moonlighting, yeah. which was not an action packed no. uh, affair, I would say. No. Uh, the role of John McClane was originally offered to like Arnold and Stallone and like all of the big name action stars of the era who no. all turned it down. What's so good, Bruce Willis is like, he understands comedy, and that he like, does. does a lot for this performance. He understands, like, vulnerability certainly more than Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. or Stallone or any of those, like, 80s, like, beef boys yeah. do. Uh, when he was cast in this role, people were like, this, this is going to be a flop. He was offered, I think, like $5 million, which was like a pretty huge sum of money in 1987. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and so everybody was like, this comedy guy can't, doesn't have the chops to be this big action star. And obviously when this film came out, like they all ate their words and he became like the biggest action star for a very, very long time. Um, the whole movie takes place in one location, Nakatomi Plaza, and I love like a like a bottle movie, like one where it's just like, you're gonna really, really, really need to get comfortable in this setting, because this is it, it's the whole thing. And it's just dripping with like, douchey 80s, high rise, Los Angeles, like, there's uh, like a like a like a drug and alcohol usage too that, that feels very 80s. Very 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 <laughs> 80s, but also at the same time like they are just beneath the surface like only t like 10% of the tower is actually built and the rest of it is under construction which makes it a pretty good playground for like yeah. an action movie made up of uh, a handful of escalating uh action sequences. The best thing about this flick let me say first, I don't care about whether or not it's a Christmas movie. It is set during Christmas. Uh, it's got Christmas stuff in it, and I am always excited to watch it. And if Christmas is the, the reason for that annual watch, then who am I to, to disagree? Does it espouse some of... Let's say uh, it's a wonderful life's positive, <laughs> life affirming holiday messages. No, it does not. No, it does not. I would say it espouses life negating messages by the number of murderings that do take place. Yeah, in this film. and and you know this is true because like the movie starts with like he is he is separated from his wife. Yeah, 
And then at the end of the film, it seems like maybe they're going to get back together. Yeah. And you don't really care. <laughs> at least I didn't. I was like, okay, well, good. I don't know, man. I, For me, it, that was like not, I don't know. When the movie ended, I was like, that was, I did not hang was, hope on that. I think Bonnie Bedelia was, yes. uh, who played Holly Gennaro McLean. Is that her name? I think so. I don't remember. Uh, it's yeah, his his estranged wife, uh, and she's great. She's great in she honestly great. in all the films, uh, and and I feel like I don't know. I was stoked for their 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 reunion at the end of the film. <laughs> uh, what is great about this movie? We talked about Bruce Willis being you know more vulnerable than than the other sort of action stars of the era. Uh, in this movie, John McClane starts out in a bathroom stall. When this group of uh, so-called terrorists bust in and take over Nakatomi Plaza and start, you know, shooting up the place, he is unarmed. He is shoeless for reasons that. Oh, that's right, because he has to take his shoes off to curl up his toes into yeah. balls to get. Yeah, uh, he is shoeless. He is weaponless, and then it's like, okay, now, now start fighting your way back against this this big group of of. Uh, of international thieves, uh, but be he smart like about it. He is like a former police officer. He's, he is or an something? active, I think, NYPD. Okay, um, yeah, and so that's like that's basically what we're given to believe, like that he would have any skills in yeah. this arena. But this this power curve that he goes through of starting off like completely defenseless, and then like with each of these action sequences which get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger it's it's almost video game like which may explain like why i was yeah. so drawn to it the first time i saw it because it's like he takes out that the one guy and now he's got a pistol and then yeah. he, famously he <laughs> takes out one guy who has like an uzi and then he sends his uh body down in an elevator with the message now i have a machine gun ho 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 written on it <laughs> it's like there's loot in it there's also this yeah. running kind of gag but also like a uh, dramatic setup of like all of these uh all of these thieves have really tiny feet and so none of their shoes fit him he tries to take all their shoes and it doesn't work I forgot work. about that. Well yeah which leads to like a pretty gnarly glass based yeah. shootout scene. Um but the way that like I don't know the way the movie escalates to where he is just uh, with without any help whatsoever, and then by the end of it, he's you know armed to the teeth with Reginald Vell Johnson as his very best friend. Yeah, uh, you don't get that, that. You know, I was more invested in their relationship than the one with him and his it's ex wife. Great, Reggie Vell Johnson plays the one good cop in all of Los Angeles. Uh, which uh, uh, the the city police force is so like bureaucratic and bumbling that it almost. Honestly, it is sort of the secondary antagonist of the film yeah. uh, in the way that it just sort of gets gets in the way. Does that glorify sort of extrajudicial violence against Hans Gruber and his crew? Yes, for sure. Uh, but but the way I don't know, I I feel like I haven't seen too many other movies that are about like cops just not wanting to fucking do the job, uh, except for Bruce Willis uh, and Reggie Vell Johnson. Um and also, I mean, Alan Rickman as as Hans Gruber, maybe oh, his most so iconic non Snape role. <laughs> I would say even more honestly. Like when I when I think about yeah. his body of work, one I get hugely sad because mm -hmm. I loved him so much. Uh, but two, like I don't know, man. The scene there is a scene in this movie where uh john mcclain catches hans gruber and john mcclain is like armed hans gruber is not catches him on a roof and is about to like blow him away and then hans gruber turns around and is like 
Oh no, please no. I just got away. F-. And it's Alan Rickman doing this American yeah. accent pretending to be pretending somebody to be else. somebody yeah, else. Like not the that main is guy. So his like hysterically <laughs> funny and uh I, I don't know watching him go from this like super cocky yeah i forgot uh, about that too it's it, it this movie is just full of it, this movie is just really really well structured in general the way that it is just like a constant rising action all the way up until the end uh makes it really memorable and now when i when i watch it which we do i usually around this time of year uh like i remember all of it i remember every action sequence and how it builds on the last one and you know when they get to the roof it's like well which time is it that they're on the roof this time because they're gonna go to the roof a few times and one of the times he fucking jumps off uh and and to me i i don't think of other action movies that way i don't think of them that way because i don't think that they are uh in in general this i don't know orchestrated for for lack of a better term the the squeakwals mixed bag yeah i was was gonna say i can't remember if i've seen any of them two is an airplane three is in new york four and five i haven't seen uh yeah no i haven't the one in new york is he teams up with samuel l jackson and they have to solve a bunch of riddles to disarm bombs that's pretty fun that does sound fun uh two (laughs) is pretty much an airport based rehash of die hard one yeah Uh, but it has its moments but die hard one it's just it's it's uh it's just perfect it's a perfect action movie i think i i can't think of any action movie that i would hold in such high regard as 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 this one yeah um and obviously it launched many careers overnight and even though everybody thought it was going to be this big box office bomb, it grossed $140 million, which was way more than its budget of like $25 million. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, is it a Christmas movie, though? Probably not. I mean, the reason it is, if if you feel strongly about this, is because it takes place at Christmas time. Could you remove all the Christmas stuff from it, though, and still have... The best action movie ever made, probably. Yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, they're having a holiday party. He's there specifically because it's Christmas time. I mean, it's not a throwaway thing. Theoretically, it is dependent on it being Christmas time. But yeah, it would work if they were having a Halloween party. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> m- holy shit! Everybody's in costumes. Yes. You can't tell who is who. Oh my god! The fucking like sniveling uh like day trader dude <laughs> yeah. who's like hans bubby <laughs> this movie kicks ass i want to watch it i want to watch that and i want to watch it's a wonderful life tonight we're at gonna be up same until 2 a.m split at the same screen. time split screen picture and picture thanks for listening to wonderful uh sorry we're late it's been it's been one of those weeks but we're here now and that's all that matters um thank you to maximum fun for having us on the network yeah we should say this is probably the last. I mean, it's definitely the last time we'll talk to you before Candle Nights Spectacular. Yes, Saturday, December seventeenth. Yes. Bit.ly/slash Candle Nights twenty twenty two. Tickets are five dollars, and you can pay whatever else uh, on top of that you want. All the proceeds go to Harmony House, an incredible organization in Huntington, West Virginia, that works to to end homelessness in the area. Amazing organization is a 
It's a banger special. It's, there's so, have you so many seen fun things. even like any other videos from it? Uh, I've seen a couple other videos, but I like to stay pretty unplugged. Yeah, I, I, I get really, like to watch it. I get really excited because we're all pretty hush hush about what we're doing. Yes, and so it is fun to see the finished product. It is fun for us too, but it'll yeah. be fun for you at home if you go to bit.ly/candlelights2022. Uh, this 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 special has been running for a while now, uh, or or I guess. We used to do it as a live show, but uh, it's 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 one of my favorite holiday traditions now, and uh, hopefully you can share in that too. Uh, it'll be on demand through January second if you can't make it on Saturday night. So please please do it. Um, com. We got a bunch of merch, a bunch of Christmas ornaments and stuff. Can um, I also make a special announcement? Yes. <laughs> did you forget until just now? I did. <laughs> Uh, so those of you that have been listening to Wonderful for a while know that uh, one of my passions is Austin Batcave, uh, which is a nonprofit organization in Central Texas that works with students in Title I schools and helps them build their passion and talent for writing. Uh, in the past, we have done live performances to benefit this organization. We just I talked kind about of, their D and D workshops, like yeah. a lot. It's it's really truly a very special thing. Uh, we kind of ran out of time to put together a live performance, but what we decided to do instead, uh, and when I say we, I mean me and Amanda, uh, who is uh, an incredible uh, employee of the big giant, really head. our boss. Yeah, <laughs> just. <laughs> She she uh, she did this work to make something special for y'all, which is a compilation of all of the poetry corners and or the majority of the poetry corners, at least uh, from the first 225 episodes of Wonderful. Uh, so what you will find if you go to McElroy.family. Uh, is the opportunity to purchase, it's about 40 minutes, uh, and it is a downloadable uh, file that includes some of my favorite poems and poets from past episodes of Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and, all the, and all the proceeds from that go to exactly, Austin Batcave. Exactly. So you'll have the option to pay a dollar or more, and you can download this and uh, hopefully enjoy it. And support this organization that could really use yeah. your help right now. Yeah, Austin Batcave had this great location in East Austin and it was perfect for them to hold in like in-person workshops and and have their staff have a place to to go and work and meet together and they got kicked out of their space as of December 15th. Uh, and now have to move, which is an unexpected expense for them, and uh, they could really use some support. So I, I am hopeful that we uh, will be able to give them a little bit of support through the sale of this Oops All Poetry Corner episode of Wonderful. Yeah, again, go to McElroy.family. You'll find it there, along with everything else that we talked about in this post-show thing. That's it, though. Please it, though. enjoy. Candle nights, please enjoy yourselves this weekend. Be safe. Be smart. <laughs> be kind. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Be st- strong. Be tall. Oh. Be tall and strong. Oh. Be sports. Nike. This is like my new ad campaign that I've been working on for Nike. Uh-huh. It's like, be strong, be brave, be sports, Nike. 
you're really inspired dirt by dirt is gold that dust yeah. for the bowl <laughs> exactly dust is gold dirt's for the bowl this one's for you <laughs> bye <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.